to our beautiful deep community, I want to assure you the deeper is going nowhere and the same incredible content will be released every week, but now through Arise. It is going to be less trauma heavy and more inspirational, uplifting, but it will still challenge and push you to grow. For all your deeper episodes, they are still available every fortnight. You can still get your deep hit with the deeper subscription. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Like when I left at age 18, I had the mentality of maybe a 12-year-old or 13-year-old. I would say in that type of way, they are abusive because they, they purposely don't want their kids to be emotionally intelligent. Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I work and live and recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community. I pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging. Emma grew up in an Amish community. I've always been fascinated by the Amish people. I wanted to learn about a lifestyle so vastly different from ours. We discuss what her childhood was like, how different it was, abuse, escaping the Amish community, and how on earth she managed to adapt to a modern life as an adult. Emma, welcome to The Deep. Thank you. I am fascinated with your story, but I'm fascinated in general with the community that you left. So can we start there? Can we start with you being born and raised Amish? I grew up in a big family. Um, I have 13 brothers and sisters, and I was the second to the oldest. So I was the oldest girl. I had one brother older. So a lot of the chores and stuff fell on me as I grew. Um, I was, like, for example, I started babysitting at age seven or eight. I was very young. Wow. And the schools, I loved going to school, but after I left Amish, I realized that school was way more than what Amish ever offered. Um, they have a one-room schoolhouse where... There's maybe between 20 and 30 kids, all from, you know, first grade to eighth grade. So are you saying that the one class has ages from six to 15 or something and you're all mixed together? Yes. And you're learning. How do, how do you learn then if you're six and you're with a 15-year-old? Well, during class, nobody's allowed to talk. So everybody's quiet and just studying at their desk. 
And if we needed help, we would just raise our hand and the teacher would come help us. So were boys and girls mixed? Yes. Were boys more educated than girls? No, they weren't. They were all the same. And what are the lessons you're learning? We learned how to write sentences. We didn't learn how to write paragraphs or pages. Um, we learned how to read in both English and Dutch. But we weren't allowed to use English as our primary language, which is learn how to read. So what language did you speak? It's called Pennsylvania Dutch. And I think I've done some research on it, and it seems like it's like a mixture of German and Dutch because I can understand the people in Germany. Like they're when they're talking to me, I can kind of understand them, but they can't understand me. So you're learning a hybrid language that the community talks in. Yes, and it's basically the Amish's own language. Like it's not used anywhere else. Wow. Okay. What roles do you have as a girl and a woman growing up? Like you know that at what age are you able to do other jobs around or is it purely in the home? For the women, it's mostly at home. For the men, they can work outside of the home. Um, they can go build houses for what we call English people. That's anybody that's not Amish. Um, they can work on work in woodworking shops or basically anything outside the home they can do. But the women mostly stay at home and they raise the kids and do all the cooking and cleaning and sewing. They make all their clothes. All the clothes from scratch. Yeah, except they buy the material, but everything is sewed from scratch and is everyone dressing similar yes the women wear long dresses at least the community that i'm from i'm from the schwarzentruber what they call the schwarzentruber order um so i just want to clarify that there's different levels of amish and different communities different orders so each order can have their own rules of what they allow. Any technology at all? No, not where I grew up in. They, there was no technology. It was all horse-drawn. Like working the fields was, we only used horses to work in the fields and to go to, to travel was by a horse and buggy. Except if it was long distance, then we would use the bus or the train. So if you got on a bus or a train and you were with civilians outside of your community, were you told about these people and who were these people outside of your community? No, we would not be told anything about them. We wouldn't even have a conversation with them if we were on the train or bus. we just stay to ourselves. But if you saw a person dressed in jeans and a t-shirt and you're thinking that's different to us did you ask questions about that i guess from a very young age i grew up knowing not to question that type of stuff because we were always told that it's worldly to to 
like like if I were to ask my mom a question about their clothes, she would tell me not to look at them or that it was not right to wear them. So she wouldn't she wouldn't engage in a conversation because she would think that I'm trying to maybe get them for myself. So it was just all shut down. But what you knew of that was bad. Yes, ungodly, or or it was just insinuated that that I'm looking to know more so that I can get some for myself, or run away from home, or. Like okay. that kind of stuff. Like I wouldn't be allowed to like it. Were you curious? Oh yeah, I was very curious. Did you talk to your siblings about it? Yeah, I did. I actually, I was more curious about like technology, cars, and radios and TVs and that type of stuff. How would you know that a TV and a radio existed? I cleaned a house for uh, a lady that wasn't Amish. She was our neighbor. And I would go clean her house once a month and I would see the TV or she would have to radio going or stuff like that. And then if I was, if somebody showed up at our house that was driving a car, I was always fascinated and wondering how it works, wishing I could like learn how to drive one. So there's no technology in the house. So there's no washing machines, dishwashers, microwaves, no, the things that we all know. I can't imagine the amount of physical labor that has to, especially with thir- how many kids did you say? 13. 13. Yes. One of us was always busy. <laughs> <laughs> My mom and us girls are the ones washing all the dishes by hand and heating up water so that we can wash dishes and carry buckets of water from the well into the house. A well, Uh, a well, a well with water. I know that sounds so stupid, but I'm just like, (laughs) that is. It's unheard of nowadays to have a well, right? (laughs) But how, how do you clean that water from the ground? We don't. We drink it like that because it's cold and clear and it's ah. really it's really good actually. Okay, okay. So the water is sterile for you to live off. Yes. But if you want to, how, how often are you bathing and how do you have a shower or bathe? Oh, bathing was once a week in our house and we would do it only Saturday nights. And we would we had a big uh, water heater that was done with wood uh, we could heat up a big it was maybe a 30 gallon tank or 15 gallons something like that where we could dump in our water put some wood underneath it and heat it up and we would use that to take a bath it would be a bath though not yeah, a shower yeah, a bath, not a shower and then do you drain that water out and the next person comes in several wash in the same water maybe three or four, wash in the same water and then dump it out. So you don't want to be the fourth one. Right. (laughs) You want to be the first one. (laughs) Okay. And what if you have your period? What do you do? Um, The period is similar to what women do now. I don't think that they use 
tampons or the new stuff that came out, the cups. But uh, pads are allowed. And they're not, the women are not allowed to work during their period, like at all, like no physical labor. They can wash dishes and cook, but they have to rest a lot for some reason. Like that's so they, nice. When I was I growing like up, I, I, yeah. <laughs> what I heard was that if you do too much work, like if you get tired while working, you can get some kind of disease where you're disabled. I don't know what disease they were talking about, but I made sure I was not working too hard. <laughs> so if a woman works too physically hard, she will become disabled. Yes, that's what the what we were told. So you're working like leisurely paced? Yes. Also not bad. I don't mind either of those things. I'm not sure about the scare tactic behind that. Yeah. Pads are allowed. Are you allowed to buy anything else from the shops then? We do buy groceries, some groceries. How do you get the groceries? We go to the store with Horse and Bucky. So I'm imagining in these towns, like you, you were in Missouri. I haven't been there. I don't know a lot about it. But am I right in saying that it would still surprise some people to see you on a horse and buggy? Or was it just a part of that kind of town that, that the Amish and the, call them normal folk, live amongst each other? I would say there's still people in the United States that have not heard of the Amish or seen them. The Amish are still very unique here in the States. Are you allowed, when you go to the grocery store, you pick your items, you have cash or a card? How are you paying? Just cash. We don't have cards. We don't use bank cards. So do you have access to a bank or is your money in a bank? Yes, the money's in the bank. But if we wanted cash, we would have to write a check, I believe, that says cash on it. And then check it, they get the cash, and then go to the shop and get the goods. Yes. Were you allowed, like other than pads and some food, was there anything that you were allowed to purchase or buy, like crayons or coloring for the kids or books, you know, with pictures in them? Uh, mostly just school supplies, not really for at home. Well, I guess it is allowed, like crayons and coloring books. But my household was always too poor to really buy that kind of stuff. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What is the marrying age? Typically between 19 and 21. And who are you allowed to marry? Anybody except your first cousin. (laughs) 
if that makes sense. It does. So it sounds like it's such a small community that the the pool of options is small. Yes, it it is, and they have such strict rules about. Uh, like the Schwarzenegger group can only marry within their church. They're not allowed to marry another Amish group. Oh, so it keeps getting smaller and smaller. So how how many in your community at that time? Between thirty and forty families. Wow, a lot of them are like my dad has twenty one siblings. A lot of them live in the same community. Yeah, so it's it's the woman's job to breed, really, to have these huge families because oh, yes. it helps the continuation of the community, right? Yes, and it helps keep that culture going. Is there, or has there been, because it does become incestuous, even with that rule? I don't know much about this, that's why I'm asking. Are there babies born that have? genetic issues i'm sure there are um i don't think i haven't really heard of like marriage in that kind in in an incest type of way but i've heard of uh sexually abused like incest type of stuff what then did you know about sexual abuse how was that playing out i really didn't know anything about it until right after I left, I learned a lot about my grandpa and what he did to his daughters. But I've been through some trauma that makes me believe I went through it, but I just can't remember it. Through your grandpa? No, not through okay. my grandpa. Someone in the community, but it is a suppressed trauma. Yes. Okay. And how did you hear this information about your grandpa? That seems like something that would never be discussed. Well, once I started learning about Google <laughs> oh. and that I can Google people's name, I for some reason decided to Google his name. And I was shocked at what I read. Was that your dad's dad or your mom's dad? My dad's dad. Okay. And he has three daughters that left but my dad would never talk about his sisters that had left so I didn't mm. know them until I left the Amish wow. and I was doing some research trying to find them you know where can I find locate my my dad's sisters and that's how I discovered what happened with their dad and then I got in contact with them and we talked about it and, and they confirmed the truth. Yeah. It sounds like a few people would try and leave. It sounds like, you know, as people get older and they see that they are more optionless, they want to look at a way out. Two questions. The first one is, why do you think people stay? They stay out of fear. They're scared of their family. Their family just guilt trips them so much that they think that if they leave, they're just they're going straight to hell. And yeah, there's many that leave the Amish and then end up going back because of their family. Can you tell me how much you think 
this is religious based and how much of it feels like it has elements of a cult? Well, I would say probably 70, 80% is cult. Wow. Some of it is religious. I mean, they can reference the Bible in some of the stuff, but some of the things that they do, they try to point it out in the Bible. It's just not there. Tell me, tell me some of those things that for you, you were like, this isn't adding up for me. You're saying this is the Bible, but my gut instinct, my intuition is saying something else. They make it out to be that God is a mean God. Like if you do something bad, God is going to do something to you. And that's, they claim it's in the Bible and that's not true. Hmm. Um, And they also believe that not doing feet washing with communion means that you're not a Christian. So you have to do feet washing with communion at church or else you're not a Christian. Okay. So so there's just some things that don't add up for you. Yes. And, And like all the having to use horse and buggy, you can't have a car, like technology stuff. That stuff is not in the Bible. Do you think it just seems like a much harder way to live, right? Without some of those helpful technologies, especially in the home. Do you think a lot of that is just to keep the women stuck? Yes, I I do think that because the women are not as advanced as the men are. Mm. I think if the women had the same number of opportunities, then they would feel more confident with themselves to stand up for themselves and have a better life. Whether whether that is to leave the Amish or just have more conveniences to make their lives easier. Has there ever been an opportunity where a man working on someone else's home as a builder or has there been crossover to modern culture where there's been romance and potentially like trying to get someone from the outside in to the community? Yes, there's been instances where there was romance with somebody from the outside community, but I don't think it has been where they would try to get them in. Mm -hmm. They were just affairs. Yeah. Okay. So let us fast forward to when you're 18 you know at some point you will be married to somebody. At this time in your life, what is your relationship like with your siblings and your parents? Are you close with them? Do you do family things together? What do you do for entertainment? I know there's a lot of questions in there. I was close to a few of my siblings, enough to where I could confide a lot about what I was feeling. I was not close to my parents at all and definitely not close to my dad. Uh, My dad was kind of like, he was, he always made me feel like I wasn't good enough. Mm. But then you could tell that he had favorites. 
Mm. Um, so that didn't help. And it was all my life growing up. I just felt like I was this ugly, worthless little girl. And my mom was a lot kinder, but you couldn't have a mom and daughter type of conversation. It, it was just normal to not have conversations. It was more normal to just keep working and doing your job. Yeah, it, it was very, very strained at age 18. And at age 18 is when you're expected to get baptized at church. So I really desperately wanted to get out before the baptism routine starts. Why? Because once you're baptized and then you leave the Amish after baptism, they treat you way different. Or they, they won't ever let you come home and eat at the same table with them. Like you're shunned shunt for life is basically what it is. But you're saying if you left before baptism, they're a little bit more lenient? Yes. Before baptism, I can go home and eat with my family. I can do business with them. Like if I wanted to buy something from them, they would let me. Even though you've left? Yes. It seems like they don't want anyone to leave ever. So why wouldn't you just baptize everyone from birth? And then if you leave, you're shunned. Well, even though I left before I was baptized, they still treated me bad. Like they didn't shun me in that way, but but going home to visit them was just plain ugly and chaos every time I went. Like they they did everything in their power to make me feel awful about what I did. So let's go there because I'm sure everyone is thinking, hang on a minute, you don't even have a house phone. You don't even know anybody in the outside world. How do you even think you can leave, right? You've heard of people leaving, but but you have no access. So firstly, how long had that idea been brewing? That idea had been brewing since I was, since I was 15. So for three years, it seemed like forever before I could finally get out and as much planning as I tried to do, there was just almost no options for me to even plan because I didn't, I couldn't talk to people outside the community or if I, there was one family, actually the lady that I was cleaning house for, she had asked me one day if I was going to leave like just out of the blue. And I didn't know much English and I just said yes. And she said, okay, I'm, I, I want to help you when you do. And I thought, okay, that's my out. And I was trying to get up the nerve one day to tell her that yeah. I was ready. And then she died of a heart attack. <gasps> oh, no. So I thought it was my fault. <laughs> Because of how, oh. you know, how to Amish make you believe that if you do something bad, God does something bad to you. Oh, wow. That would have pushed your plans back as well. Yes. Because you would have thought that, that I'm killing people if I think about this thing. Yeah. That was how it was. I mean, 
I did back off for a little while and thought, okay, I'm going to just stay at home. I'm going to try and be this Amish lady that I'm supposed to be. I'll get married and have kids and I'll be happy like all the other girls my age are. Like, it seemed like everybody around me was happy and I was just this broken girl. I couldn't talk to anybody about how I was feeling and I was wondering what's wrong with me. Um, so, so I, that's, I just want to segue and then come back to this. So there were people in the community that are happy and that are thriving and that love being there. Yes, there are. There are. Um, I think it's just because some of them don't, some of them don't have the same, uh, I don't know. Like I have a sister that's one year younger than me. She always seemed so content with the way life was. Like she never questioned it. She was never in trouble, nothing. Mm. And I envied that. I wanted that, but it mm. wasn't in me. So mm. everybody's just different. For me, there was no joy. There was just nothing, nothing in life to look forward to. Okay. Okay. Now let's go back to what was your moment of opportunity it was maybe a year after I had made the decision that I wouldn't leave I was trying to date and I had this one guy that asked me if he can it was set up the first date and then after first date he asked me if he can come back and I said yes and I thought I'm just gonna do this so that I am more normal like other girls so he he came back for maybe two months every Saturday night. And then I was so miserable that I just couldn't do it anymore. And one Saturday night, I told him, hey, don't come back. Um, I'm sure it was it was very awkward. But at that moment, I realized that. I'm going to have to leave Amish. Like, there's just no way. I'm so miserable dating. Like, how am I ever going to get married? And mm-hmm. I just knew I had this feeling that I'm going to leave Amish. And at that time, around that time, um, a family that would come to our house often, um, they were horse people, and since my dad had horses, they would come to visit. They're little elderly people. I confided in them one day that I wanted to leave the homage, and they freaked out and told me I can't until I was 21, and besides that, they would tell my parents that that's what I want to do, and I said, no, you can't. And believe me, I my English was horrible, and I didn't have... I didn't know how to like really express to them that that's just a very bad idea, but they ended up not telling my parents. And instead they gave me a phone number secretly. Um, they said, call this number when you're ready to leave. And that's all they said. And we never talked about it again. Um, and I was hiding a phone that was given to me. I was hiding it in my bedroom And then one day 
I was just waiting for the day where I could walk out um, without being seen. So that meant my parents had to leave. And um, so one day my, I woke up and my mom was making breakfast and she said that her and dad were going to go to a town that was like 18 miles away. They go with horse and buggy. So I knew that would take them all day. And I thought, wow, here's my opportunity. So after they left, left the house to go to that town, I talked to one of my younger sisters that I was very close to. And I told her, I'm going to leave Thalmish today while my parents are gone. She was okay with it, but I could tell that she was very scared. And mm. I wrote a little note for my parents, left it on the table, and I walked out the door, ran through a field so that the rest of my siblings can't see me. And then I, once I was out of sight, I crawled through the fence and out on the road, and I walked for about four miles. And then during that time, I called the number that was given to me. And a lady answered the phone and she said that she would be there to pick me up, that she had been waiting for my call for a long time. <laughs> so that was nice to hear that she was willing to come pick me up. And I, I didn't know who it was, but I trusted that it was somebody good or maybe at that time I didn't even care. I didn't even care who it was because I was just so ready to get out. So what is that like when she comes and gets you and it's kind of like you chose to do this thing, it's going to change everything for you, everything for the rest of your life? Yeah, even though I was so ready to get out, it was the most terrifying time of my life. Like I got a really bad headache and I just, I knew I was making the right decision, but I was so scared. I was, mm. I was, and I remember mainly the main reason I was so scared was because I was thinking about my mom, like how is she going to react when she comes home and I'm gone? It must have been such a huge shock to her. And mm. then just having to navigate through once they find out a new I, I knew there was just a lot to navigate through with them to try and get them to understand why I left. And I knew that they would be trying to get me to come back home. And yeah, it was a big life transition. Can I ask who was the person that picked you up and where did you stay? So the person, it ended up that she had left her Amish community like, 30 years prior, she knew what I was going through. Um, that helped a lot. And she lived about an hour away from where she picked me up. So I was at her house for two weeks in hiding. My parents were looking for me all over the area. They were accusing people of kidnapping me and all kinds of things. Um, and then after two weeks, they, the, la the lady and her family had friends in Texas, and they 
suggested that I go stay with the people in Texas for a while. So I did. They took me to Texas and I ended up, once I was in Texas, I wrote my parents a letter and told them, you know, I'm in Texas and I'm doing good. Don't worry about me, blah, blah, blah. And I gave them an address where they could write me back because I knew they would want to. And um, I ended up staying in Texas for, well, I guess ever since. What was the first thing you heard back from them? Huh. The first letters were from my dad and mom, and they were very upset. And they basically told me that I was going to go to hell for what I did. It did bother me a little bit, but I knew that it wasn't true. By that time, maybe a month or so had passed before I received that letter, so I knew it wasn't true that I was going to go to hell, but they were very upset. They were trying to, they told me I needed to come home before it was too late. For some reason, they thought that I was going to get a, because I left, the government is going to put a computer chip in me. Then, then it's too late. You're going to go to hell. Like all, all of this kind of stuff. Did any part of you want to go back? No. There was no part of me that thought, oh, I missed them. I want to go back. I mean, of course I missed them, but I didn't miss living like that. So how do you start to integrate with little English, with little skill, with not knowing anything about modern life. Is that really confronting? Oh, yes. It's, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I looked stupid for a long time. <laughs> like I didn't know how to even order anything from a restaurant or like I didn't know how to look at a menu and be like, uh, what is this? I didn't know. I, I couldn't read a menu. It, it was hard. And the first thing I had to do was like get my birth certificate because I didn't have one. And then I had to get a driver's license and my GED and find a job. You know, before I had left the Amish, I was thinking it'd be so easy to leave and get a job. And make money and I would have all this money to buy horses and horse trailers. And <laughs> have have like a horse farm. That was my dream, to have a mm. horse farm. Well, after I left, I realized that that is just not, money doesn't just appear like that. <laughs> I thought it would. I thought the Amish are the only ones that are poor. Mm. What did you do? What kind of career did you do? A year after I left Amish, I got myself into college and I got a bachelor's degree in agriculture science. And then after my bachelor's, I decided I don't want anything to do with agriculture, that I wanted to do something with business. So I got a master's in, in business. I got my MBA and started working for a hospital. I do. I work in their business department now. Um, I've been there for eight years. Wow. And do you have a partner? Yes, I'm married. 
and I have a one-year-old daughter, and I'm pregnant with my second one. Wow, it's like a whole new lifetime. Yeah, a way different lifestyle.、It、took me years and years and years to not feel like I was still Amish. Like even though I was not dressed Amish when I was when I was out and about, I always felt like people can see me, see see who I really was. Did you feel like the upbringing was abusive at all? I would say it's abusive in in a like in an emotional in emotional way, like you're emotionally stunted to where you're. I don't know if that's like the right word. Your mentality、yeah. isn't this. Yeah, isn't like like when I left at age eighteen, I had the mentality of maybe. A twelve-year-old or thirteen-year-old.、Mm. That makes perfect sense. I would say, in that type of way, they are abusive because they,、uh, they purposely don't want, they don't want their kids to be emotionally intelligent. It does. It's so so like some level of brainwashing or、yes. manipulative thought control. Yes, very much. So, did you feel like when you left and you're integrating into society, did you have any help? Did you have a therapist? Did you have support emotionally to kind of work out all of these moments, or were you doing this by yourself? The first, I would say, five years, I didn't have the help that I needed, but I didn't know that I needed help. You know. Because I didn't have somebody truly guiding me. The people that were supposed to help me, they took more advantage of me than help. Really? Like, yes. Tell me about that. It was mainly financial stuff. Like they would take the money that I had for school, like loans and grants. They would take that from me and make. And tell me that I needed to live with them because I can't afford to live in an apartment or have a roommate or anything like that. And they just kind of kept me under their wings and not really wanted me to expand. And I guess it was because they were getting my money. Yeah. For school. Yeah. 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 Okay. So once I got it, once I figured it out, I, I got away from them, and I and I moved like nine hours away from them. Texas is big, so nine hours is like halfway through the state.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> But then I was truly on my own, and that's when I started to、uh, really seek out more help. And I did go, I did find a therapist that. Really was interested in helping me, and I was there for three plus years, like two or three times a month.、Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just went through so much with that therapist. She was able to really help me to become my my own person and not allow people to step over me. And、um, I learned how to. Stand up for myself more, and so there was a lot of trauma that had to be uncovered for in order for that to happen.
I can imagine. I can imagine. Did you go home? Once a year, I would go visit my family, no matter how hard it was. I would make the effort to go and try. And every year that I would go, I would think, okay, this year is different because I'm a better person now. <laughs> Whether I was or not, I thought at that time I was. But when I would leave their house to go back home, I would just cry because it was just so awful to visit them. My dad would be yelling and screaming and throwing stuff. He wouldn't hit me, but he would throw like chairs and he was so mad at me. And then you'd still be able to stay the night? No, I would not. Okay. I would not, but they wanted me to. But if I stayed, I did probably stay for stay the night a couple times. And when I did, then they expected me to dress homage. And then when I did that, then they expected me to then stay there and not go back to, no, not go back to Texas. Like there was always, if I did what they wanted me, there was something else that they wanted me to do. There was no way to make them happy. What's your current relationship with them like? After I got married, I got married two years ago. Uh, after that, once they met my husband, they seemed to kind of let their guard down and be a little, they're, they're a lot nicer to me, but they're really nice to my husband. They, <laughs> <laughs> it's so That's weird so that it took marriage <laughs> for them to then decide, okay, she's never coming back. And also for them to be so nice to an outsider, you know? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're very nice to him. How are you raising your child now? I'm raising her to be, to be herself. I want her to be able to tell me how she feels or not be shy to express herself. Mm. I want, I want to, I want her to be healthy. How do you say it? Intellectually healthy? Of course. <laughs> yeah. 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 You got it. Um, yeah. And I, I have this fear of her growing up and thinking that she is not allowed to ask questions or she's not allowed to say no because that's how I grew up. Like if somebody wanted something from me, I had to obey. And that's just not how I want her to grow up. Do you have any regrets? No, I can't say that I do. I certainly don't regret leaving Amish. Mm. Our final question is the same for everybody. Who are you and no one's watching? Uh, I am the same person as I am when people are watching. I'm polite, kind, generous. I would say I'm the same. Emma, you have written a beautiful book about this experience. We are going to put the links in the show notes. So if people want to have a more in-depth, detailed experience, they can. But I truly appreciate your 
honesty and your uh, courage for sharing all of this with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's The Deep. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, everybody. It is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting. It's quirky. It's curious. It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you'll hear some of these episodes and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.